This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 10, and we're dealing with the ninth plague. And as we've discussed before, that word plague for our modern culture and modern society, especially since the time of the plagues of Egypt, it has taken on a new understanding, new idea, understanding that plagues in general are sicknesses or ailments that are past. We understand to be the viral or bacterial, and sometimes there can be parasitic. If you've ever had a stomach parasite from being in another country where your body's not used to fighting those off, and in all actuality, people who come to our country will have those issues sometimes because they don't, they don't have the immune system to attack and fight off the parasites that we have that we just naturally slough off easily. So as you look and see and see the world, you think of a plague or, and really that probably even comes most from the word black death or the black plague that really destroyed most of Europe and Asia and on into Africa during the middle to dark ages and dark to middle ages actually and uh, and understood that it's just it is just an illness the plagues on egypt were not all they weren't plagues in the sense that we thought of them although one or two of them were that we think of them but the truth is that they were calamities they were disasters that happened they were instructive in many ways we saw that they illustrate the difference between god and the world the difference between god's plan for the world and our plan for the world the difference between light and darkness and that really is the is the plague or calamity or disaster that is going to happen in in egypt for the ninth plague and as far as its far-flung effects meaning its effects on e- egypt for the future its effects on Egypt for for their food, for their sustenance, for their livelihoods. It is not a major plague. That being said, this one might be the most psychological in nature, the most devastating in nature, the most difficult in nature. And for anybody who works in a field where you deal with people who are struggling with with addiction, who are struggling with evil in all actuality, the best way for me to describe it, evil, or for people who are struggling with pain and physical ailment, because oftentimes that can have a very deep spiritual effect. And anybody who is spiritual and also works in hospitals know that there's a lot of despair, there's a lot of hopelessness. The pain can cause a lot of psychological issues that we just do not understand. And oftentimes we really don't get how devastating the psychological can be, even though the physical seems like it's everything. And and we know from our understanding of how God has made us that all of it has an importance. We have our physical bodies. We have our mind and our heart, our passions, 
our intellect, which is our soul. And that would be the psychological, that would be the mental. And then we also have the spiritual. And we deal as human beings, as believers in all three. And all three have an effect on us. And understanding that and understanding the power of that will help you as you navigate life because some things are spiritual, some things are physical, some things are emotional or psychological. And by the way, those are two different things, emotions and psychological. Emotions come from our passions, our desires. Psychological comes from our thoughts and our ability to reason through things. And those, all those things make us cognizant that we're alive, that we're human beings, and it makes us, it makes us who we are. And an understanding that we are attacked and we move forward in life in all three areas, and we need to operate and we need to lay hold of the promises of God in all three areas and realize that all three have an importance. Sure, God gives us promises about prosperity and goodness and leading us by the still waters. And, and we also have the promises of God of restoring our soul, saving us from our own uh, wicked ways, saving our hearts and our minds and turning them toward God and his goodness. And we also understand that we're in a spiritual battle and our battle is not against flesh and blood, which is physical, but it's against powers and principalities and rulers of this dark age. And uh, that is, uh, those are spiritual beings. Those are angelic hosts. Those are actually ranks of angels that rule this dark world that we live in. And if you work in areas where you deal with the public or where you deal with people who are, are dealing with physical, mental, psychological, spiritual, emotional illnesses, you, you see the darkness of the age that is. And, uh, and this calamity that God brings on Egypt is an important calamity to understand. It is a calamity that reveals to Egypt the darkness that they actually live in. And once you see that the, dar the darkness that you're in, uh, oftentimes that's an opportunity for change. You've got the demoniac that Jesus drove out the legion of demons from. He came running out there. Those demons didn't want to deal with Jesus, but the demoniac did because he wanted to be delivered. He'd been in darkness. He'd been living by himself in a cave. He'd been chained. He was ready for it to be over with. And that oftentimes happened where people who were dealing with spiritual issues run to Jesus knowing that the demonic didn't want that to happen they didn't want they didn't want to deal with Jesus but the person wanted Jesus to deal with them and oftentimes a person who's in that deep dark deep darkness they want the light because when the light is provided to them they run to it somebody who is in physical pain who has you've got the 10 lepers and all the stories of people who were in real live serious struggle and pain, physical ailments, coming to Jesus and Jesus healing them and making them whole. Those are people who are in the darkest places. And sadly for us, oftentimes we, we deal with pain just with, just with painkillers. And painkillers oftentimes kill a lot of other things. And that's why we face what we call the opiate, opiate crisis of today, because there's a lot of people that have become hooked on painkillers. And let me tell you something, it's real easy to get that way. And don't wag your finger at somebody because I'm going to tell you just a few days on some opiates and you can be physically addicted to them also. And, and be careful with them. I just say that as, a, as just a, a good piece of advice for life.
be careful of opiates. They can suck you in and destroy you. And when we deal with this, we see in the New Testament, John sure loves to use it in his books, in the Gospel of John, and especially in 1 John and the book of the Revelation. You see him using that dichotomy of light and darkness, to, that we're to walk in the light and not walk in the darkness. The plague that God brought upon Egypt, the last one, the great calamity that really, really brought about the end of this process is the plague of darkness. It is the calamity or the or or the issue of there being darkness in Egypt for three days. And let me tell you something, that weighed on the Egyptians probably as much as anything that happened up until that time. Because darkness where they lived and light where the Israelites lived is a stark difference. And really, that is the difference that draws people to God. And that is the difference that that causes us to be at enmity with the world because we are. The world does not want us, does not desire us, does not love us, does not want us to be a part of what's going on with it. it that enmity with the world is a real issue. And so... It says in verse 21, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Notice this, this is not a, this is not a, this is not a just cut the lights off so I can go to bed darkness. This is a supernatural darkness. This is a spiritual darkness. This is a darkness that, that is not comprehensible in the way that you and I think of darkness. I, in fact, I think there is some places that you could go and uh, and see darkness like this it's called a cave if you go deep inside a cave and cut the lights off that darkness is palpable it's almost where you feel it and i think the darkness that god brought upon egypt was even deeper than that because it's quite obvious that they could not even have light that they made of their own they there was no light to be had there was no escaping this darkness and boy that that is such a picture of how sin wraps itself around someone and it just, they feel like they cannot escape it. And this Sunday we talked about worship and we talked about the power of worship and, and the power of God's people worshiping and, and its value to those who come in who may be in a situation like this in which darkness is it's just blanketing them. It's wrapped around them. It's got them, it's got them in such a, a struggle, a difficulty, a, 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 place where they just don't have any hope and they don't have any knowledge of the future no no way no way forward they just live day to day and moment to moment that darkness that wraps those people up is palpable it's it you can feel it you can sense it with your other senses and those of you who've been around that kind of darkness you know what i'm talking about you just you can just feel the and a lot of people say, I just felt the evil, or I just felt the darkness, or I just felt the pain of that place. That's a spiritual feeling. You're having, you're using your spiritual senses to see and understand things. And the darkness that fell on Egypt was the same way. He said, stretch out your hand toward the heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness which may be felt. And that's what the uh, writer of Genesis and Exodus, Moses, said. It was a darkness that was felt. You could feel it. Your senses understood it, not just your sense of sight. You could feel it in your soul. You could feel it spiritually. It was moving. It was devastating. It was deep, and it was dark. And it says, so Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was a darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. 
Notice there, that darkness is thick. It is. And how is darkness thick? It's just the absence of light. That's what darkness is, is the absence of light. Let me say this. Darkness that hinders, darkness that put places in bondage, darkness that destroys. Well, <clears throat> if you want to know the truth, it is thick. It's like a blanket. It wraps itself around you and it destroys you. And notice, it says they did not see one another. Now, that is a key phrase to understand what was happening here. You know as well as I do, if you're late in the night, if it's 9 o'clock and you got friends over and everybody's at the house and a big storm blows up and the lights go out, what do you do? You cut your flashlight on. You might have a couple of lanterns, light sources that you go get from the closet and you put them out. And all of a sudden, sure, it's not the light that used to be, that it's not the light that was made to illuminate the whole house, but you can see each other. You can see what's going on. They had fire. They had sources of light that were not from that were not from the sun or the moon or the stars they had their own light we're talking about a civilization we're talking about a society they had the ability to have light at nighttime that's one of the that's one of the understandings that civilization has fire's important you watch a reality tv show where they're trying to survive in the wilderness what's the first thing you got to get fire and shelter right Fire, shelter, and food. That's, uh, that's easy to get. We've had it for a long time. We know, we know how to get fire. And fire works really well at night because it allows you to see things. They couldn't see anything in Egypt. There was nothing to see in Egypt. The Bible says that they didn't see each other for three days. They were in total and complete darkness. It says, no, nor did anyone rise from its place for three days. They just sat in the darkness in their home, sat, not seeing each other, cut off sense-wise from each other. I'm sure they could talk. I'm sure they could hear voices. Maybe they could huddle together and feel each other, but they couldn't see each other. There was no sight. They were blind. They were in darkness. And that is a powerful psychological calamity, a disaster that happened on Egypt that scars them and makes them realize they're dealing with a God who is the God of light and he can withdraw that light. And let me say this, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That's the, that's first John. And we're to walk in the light as he is in the light. And that is our understanding of who God is. That is one of the primary ways we recognize God is that he illuminates, he makes known he reveals, and uh, when you don't have him, you don't have a way out. You don't have a way to see. You don't have a you don't have a hope. You don't have a source of light. It says, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. See, we live in a world even today where there are dwelling places of darkness and there are dwelling places of light, and they are starkly different from each other. And the darkness loves darkness, and the light oftentimes illuminates things that we would rather have covered up. But the truth is that God is always at work trying to bring about truth and light and hope. And by the way, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he was, and he is the light of the world. But he also said later on that you are the light of the world and we are, and you need to know 
that when you walk around, you are emanating spiritual light. And if you allow that light to shine in its fullness and you say, how how do I do that? You walk by faith. You realize that you are light to those people. And when the opportunity avails itself, you shine bright with them. You show them grace. You show them love. You, You give them peace by your presence and by your attitude toward them. And let me tell you something. The darkness flees from the light. And when you walk into a place and you shine your light to a person who's walking in darkness, the darkness around them flees. And that's why when people worship in their fullness and others come in that are in darkness, that darkness flees from them. And they have an opportunity to turn and go toward the light. And that's why it's important God's people worship. And that's why it's important that we be light in our communities, light in in the world we live in, light among the people that we deal with each and every day. Because when we are, we are the children of light. That's what we are. And we're the children of hope. And by doing that, we change the world we live in. That darkness that fell on Egypt, it still exists today. It's a real place. I've been in those places. I've seen those people and I have great compassion for them. Not the compassion that my Lord had because he understands darkness greater than I do, but I have compassion for them. And as believers, we ought to have that compassion for them and we ought to give them light whenever we can. And we ought to be a source of hope whenever we can for God's people, for those who walk in darkness and for the glory of our Lord. I pray that you will do that. I expect that you will. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.